You're listening to the Pursue God Family Podcast, the official channel for marriage and parenting topics at PursueGod.org. Join Tracy and Brian Dwyer every week as they talk about living biblically in an increasingly secular world. Find more resources to continue the conversation at PursueGod.org slash family. Okay, Tracy, today we're in week number two as we're talking about boundaries and relationships. Last week, we talked about how to set healthy boundaries, what those boundaries all are about. Uh, again, we'll remind our listeners that we're pulling this from the great book called Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. We'll put a link to this below. One of the things that they do in Chapter 5, Tracy, is they talk about the 10 laws of boundaries. So we got to go a little bit quickly here, but for people who are listening, as we outline these 10 laws, maybe you can think about which one of these laws you've broken. <laughs> you know, maybe one or two of these laws you really need to pay attention to as you're trying to establish healthy boundaries in your relationships. And again, Tracy, this is for marriage, this is for friendships, this is for parenting, this is for in-laws. Really, we can apply this to just about any relationship. Yeah, and I think, again, I hopefully last time talking just about boundaries and why we need them and how certain personalities, why we need them with certain personalities, right? How they develop even from the youngest um, of our growing up and as we're infants and how we're bonding with parents. I think the 10 laws is also going to be hopefully really insightful for people to start thinking about the boundaries they have or don't have and why they need them as we kind of walk through these 10 laws of, of the importance of boundaries and how they work, because I think it'll provide some insight as we describe each law. You'll, you might be like, aha, now I'm starting to understand what a boundary is because that particular law, I see that in play in some relationship in my life. Okay. So let's get right into these laws. Law number one, this one is hard hitting right away. It's the law of sowing and reaping. And it's, it's, it's what it sounds like. You reap what you sow. The, the choices you make today will have consequences in the future. So if you sow healthy boundaries today, you'll reap those benefits in the future. Or more likely for a lot of people listening today, they're realizing that they've sown unhealthy boundaries. They haven't said no properly. They've been walked all over in a certain relationship. And as a result, well, you're reaping the consequences right now, which is probably why you're listening to this episode. <laughs> Well, and in this first law is where that word codependent really comes into play for some of us. The law of sowing and reaping, we're doing a lot of with a lack of boundary. We're not allowing the other person to experience the consequence of their choices. We're trying to rescue them from that. Or maybe you have someone in your life that's constantly been rescuing you. And so again, that's what I'm saying. Like some of these laws, like just the practicality of it. I mean, I just think of myself as a mom, how many times I've tried to protect my kids from a bad choice, right? You know, if they didn't finish the project or they didn't study for the test that I'm, you know, like, well, should I call the teacher and come up with some kind of an excuse for them? It's like, no, this is all part of understanding healthy boundaries, that that's actually a disservice to my kids if I'm trying to rescue them from reaping what they sowed, right? They need to learn that the choices they made have consequences. That's that's what they'll take into adulthood. I'm sure we're going to get into this more when we, when we apply this specifically to parenting. But even for marriage, Tracy, maybe you can help listeners who don't know that word. What does it mean to be codependent when we use that word? 
Yeah, the the word codependent just means that you don't have a boundary with that person. So you blend in your feelings, your well-being is directly attached to somebody else. So you might see this a lot in abusive relationships or with people that maybe have an addiction struggle that their their spouse is just so enmeshed with the addiction that when the addict is doing well, they're doing well and they're trying to make them happy all the time. And then when they're struggling, they take that on and they're trying to protect them from something like this first love, the sowing and reaping. And so you're just kind of enmeshed and there's no separation between you and the other person. And that's just, that's not healthy. And again, that's what I'm saying for some people that might be right out of the gate. You're thinking, okay, now the boundary thing's starting to make sense because I do try to rescue my kid or my spouse or my friend or my parent um, from bad choices that they've made. And I've taken it on myself to think that's my job. And it just, it's not. Okay. Law number two is called the law of responsibility. And th- this states that you're responsible for your own life and well being, which means that you and you alone are responsible for setting and maintaining your own boundaries. And I think that's got to be really you know, mind-blowing for the listener who has been walked all over, that they have the responsibility, that they have to take ownership of of the the boundaries. They have to be willing to say no for themselves. Yeah. Again, the law of responsibility. I have a responsibility. If I want to have healthy relationships, then I have a responsibility to draw the right kind of boundaries with every person in relationship in my life. You know, one of the things the authors say is love one another, don't be one another. So we can't force people to do things that we want them to do or to make the choices we wish they would make. But we also, other people can't force us to make choices that we don't want to make. So that law of responsibility is, it is on you. It's on each and every one of us to to be responsible and to say, this is the kind of life I want to live. These are the kind of relationships I want to have. Then I have to do my part in being proactive, which we'll talk about in a minute in, in drawing the boundaries. Nobody's going to do that for me. Yeah. And that one sounds a lot like law number three. So law number two is responsibility. And law number three is the law of power. The law of power says that you have the power to control your own life and set your own boundaries. You don't have to let others control you or dictate your choices. So you have agency, you have power, you can make these decisions. So these are a little, maybe Trace, you can help us understand the distinction between the law of responsibility that you're responsible to do it and the law of power that you have the power to do it. Well, yeah. I mean, I think what you just said is, is the key that we are all our own person. God has given us each free agency, right? We make our choices. We have a responsibility to say, what kind of a life do I want to live? What kind of relationships do I want to have? That's on me to figure that out. So then the law of power is that you can make those choices, that you can act on that responsibility by saying, here's what makes me comfortable. Here's what makes me uncomfortable. Here's how when you react to me that way or or you imposing your will on me or your opinions on me, I don't like that. I'm not comfortable with that. I have my own thoughts and feelings and opinions. So those two go together. 
maybe more in the sense of the law of responsibility is, hey, guys, we get to we get to have boundaries. You get to have that. If that's what you want in your life, you should you have the responsibility to draw those boundaries and you have the ability to do it, the power to do it. Now, what kind of person are we talking to when we when we lay out these two laws, the law of responsibility, the law of power? Because obviously, Tracy, we're not talking about the the spouse who walks all over the other spouse, or we're not talking about the parent who walks all over their kids and completely um, overtakes their life. We're we're talking to really the, probably the people pleaser here when we're when mm-hmm. we're listing out the laws of responsibility and power. Yeah, I think I think we're talking to the people that maybe have been a little bit passive in relationships or have felt controlled by other people or have felt like it would be mean or unkind or unloving to say, Hey, the way this relationship's going isn't working very well for me. So yeah, the law of responsibility and the law of power really is to the person that's maybe been afraid to draw boundaries with some people in their life because maybe the other person is controlling. And so we'll talk about, you know, some laws that speak to the more controlling personality in a minute, but It's not your job to cater to what the other person's brokenness or toxicity is. You have the ability to say, this is what I'm comfortable with. These are the kind of relationships that I want to have. This is the way interactions are going to go. And it's your responsibility to make those boundaries clear. That's what this topic is about. These 10 laws of boundaries, how it works is if you want healthy boundaries, you have to take responsibility for it and stand up for yourself and figure that out. And you have the power to do it, meaning you can say this works for me and this doesn't. Other people don't have to control you. What would you say? I could hear a listener saying, oh, sure, I do. Sure, I have the power. But if I were to do that, what you guys are suggesting, if I were to put my foot down and say no, you know, we're talking to the compliant person that we mentioned last in last week's episode. They're gonna, they're, you know, they're gonna say, "But I'm married to a controlling person, so okay, I have the power to do it, but, but I don't know how my spouse is going to react." I mean, that's probably what the compliant person is concerned mm-hmm. about. Well, and that's where you might need to seek professional counseling, go to a trusted friend or pastor or somebody to say, Hey, we're, we have issues with boundaries in our relationship. You know, the let the, the law number four is about the law of respect. So, right. So then that one would be really to the controlling spouse to say, Hey, your spouse has the right to have their own boundaries and to say, this isn't comfortable for me, or I don't want you to talk to me like that. Or I, I don't want to do that. Um, That isn't what I want to spend my time doing. I want to spend my time doing this, that there might be some friction there, but your lack of drawing the boundary, your lack of taking responsibility for those boundaries or for the power of asserting the boundary with the controlling spouse. Well, it's still an unhealthy relationship. If you're trying to kowtow to them, it just doesn't work. That's just going to make you more resentful and bitter on the inside. It's not going to change the dynamic in the marriage or the relationship. So you're better off to say, hey, as I'm learning about boundaries, I have them, you have them. We need to figure out how they work together. Okay, so the compliant personality needs to understand 
and probably needs to work on the law of responsibility and the law of power to look in the mirror and say, I do have the ability, not just the power, but also the responsibility to do the hard thing, to do the unnatural thing and put my foot down and say no. But then the, the controlling person needs to probably work on the law of respect that you need to respect the boundaries of someone who is maybe a little more passive than you are. Maybe look in the mirror and acknowledge that you've struggled in the past with allowing somebody else to take ownership of their own choices and of their own feelings and and of their own life. And so in a marriage or even in a parenting relationship where this has been the norm for a while, this is going to probably take some work, which, which really leads to the law number five, and it's the law of motivation. And it, the law of motivation states that your boundaries should be motivated by love, not by fear for the compliant person or anger for either person, the controller or the compliant person is that the goal is if you genuinely love the other person, and, and this probably is what we need to say to the listener who feels like they're afraid to pull the trigger with a spouse because it's been going on like this for years and they're afraid that if they were to finally put their foot down and stop walking on eggshells or stop, you know, stop letting the other person walk all over them, that they're afraid that the marriage is going to end. So, so this is where I think we need to say to both, both husband and wife, well, if you're both motivated by love, the law of motivation, you sh- even though it'll be hard, you should be able to work it out. Right. And again, that's just all part of this that maybe as you're listening to this, you're like, okay, this is making so much sense that when I'm in an argument with my spouse or with, you know, my in-law or whatever, and I just want to shut down and I don't, I just stop taking phone calls or whatever. It's because I haven't created the right boundaries. I haven't put the right boundaries in place. So now when I'm cutting them off, I'm not really doing that from a place of love. I'm doing that from a place of self-preservation or anger or bitterness. The better thing would be to say, okay, what is, what is infringing on me about this relationship? What is it about my in-law? What is it about my spouse that when maybe in a conflict, it's the way they raise their voice, it's their body language, it's whatever it is that causes a negative reaction in you that wants to shut down or to lash out. So the law of motivation would say it's more loving to be honest about what's safe for you and what's not safe for you in conflict or in that relationship. And if we could be clear about our boundaries, if you could be clear with your spouse, if you could be clear with the in-law and say, this is how this makes me feel when you yell at me or whatever, when you're throwing something in anger and I just want to shut down that the better thing to do would be to say the more loving response is I need to be honest with you about how that makes me feel. And that's unsafe for me because the motivation behind this boundary is I need to feel safe too, in order to love you well, in order to enter into that relationship, whether it's in a conversation or whatever, I need to do that when I feel safe to do that. And I, and so it's a more loving and the motivation behind that would be because I love you. I want to be honest. We need to change up the way that we're doing this because my motivation is out of love, not fear. And what the authors say is freedom first, service second. I think for a lot of people, they think, especially with a strong personality, maybe a toxic personality, they just give in to them on everything, thinking that's the better way to be. I'll just 
Let them have their way because that's what keeps the peace. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really show very much love when in your heart you're resentful. In your heart you're angry and you're hurt, but you just keep sacrificing your own feelings over time and in time that won't work anymore and you'll hit that breaking point. And that's what happens at least in a lot of marriages is the couple that doesn't have good boundaries and just kind of gives in and their motivation is really fear for standing up for themselves, then then having some boundaries is eventually one day they just come home and they say, I'm done and they get a divorce. And the, the more controlling spouse who's kind of been setting the tone of everything is like totally confused. So it's better, the law of motivation, it's better for you to be honest. I have boundaries because I love you, because I want to be in a healthy relationship with you, but it has to be safe. What, what would you say, let's say that this, the spouse who has been compliant goes to the, their husband or wife and says, I love you. That's why I'm finally setting boundaries. What if this other spouse says, well, that's not loving to say no to me. How, how would, because that, that can become passive aggressive or that can become manipulative. What, what, what should that spouse do in that situation in that scenario? Yeah. And again, I think that's where maybe having outside counsel is helpful because this is the thing within the context of this conversation and boundaries in general, boundaries are healthy. Boundaries are good. Boundaries are necessary. So as we talked about with responsibility and power, when you're coming down to it and now your boundary or your assertion of boundaries that maybe haven't been there before with your spouse, and now all of a sudden your spouse is like, well, yeah, that's not loving to tell me no. This is where you have to kind of assert, no, this is in love. You may not see that, and that's, that's then the law of respect. That's on you. You need to go figure out that actually my boundaries matter in our marriage as much as your boundaries matter, right? So is to kind of stick with it. Now, again, you don't do that in a hateful, mean, spiteful way, but you have to step into that and say, no, this is loving because otherwise I feel like you walk all over me. Otherwise, I feel like you dictate the entire relationship. Now, if you put the shoe on the other foot, do you want to feel like I call the shots that I'm the one dictating our relationship? But it might require a professional counselor, an outside person that you both trust to help untangle those patterns and dynamics that have been at the root of your relationship. And now you're starting to assert yourself with some boundaries. That law of respect now is coming into play. And maybe your spouse is a little slow to catch up to that. What does it look like to, you know, we talk about or in the book, they talk about fear and anger as the two as two of the other primary motivations that are not good that the the right motivation is love but some people actually do it out of fear or out of anger so what is what is how can the listener know if they're if they're truly coming in love not in anger i guess what are some signs that maybe they're not coming in the with the right motives because some people do over time have grown really resentful yeah, I think the test needs to be, where is my heart in drawing the boundary? Am I looking to punish now this person? Like suddenly I found my voice or I've kind of hit the threshold and now I just want to lash back out and inflict harm. That would be not a great motivation. I think the, the, the right motivation is 
I want our relationship to be healthier. I want to be able to love you freely and not feel like I'm afraid to say certain things or I withhold certain parts of me because I'm not sure how you're going to handle that. Let's go get help. Let's go talk to somebody to help us work through that. So I think, I think the best measure of if you're coming with the right heart is, are you doing it for the sake of the relationship? Are you doing it with the other person's feelings in mind, but yet not just totally throwing out and discounting your own? Yeah, that's why I think for young couples who are listening to this, the sooner the better. Because I would imagine there are some couples who have been married for 20, 30, 40 years who are listening, listening to this just now putting two and two together. And it is so much harder to draw some of these boundaries when you've just, you've got this pattern in your relationship that's been established. It's almost cemented. Not that it can't still be useful and helpful. And I hope you would do that if you're an older couple listening to this, but younger couples and Tracy, we've counseled lots of younger couples heading into marriage, man, it is so important to call out some of these patterns in your early marriage when you're still fairly flexible, when you're still when you're still learning your patterns, um, and I and, and also because there's a little bit less resentment there in those early years, because because as the authors say, that resentment can grow if if you just keep stuffing it and stuffing it and stuffing it. And again, we keep talking about marriage, but it's it's not just for husbands and wives. Maybe some people are listening to this, and and you've grown resentful of a friend of yours or parents with your kids, or people with your in-laws. So I think, again, all of these situations really need these same laws to be applied. Yeah, and I think, you know, trust is a word that we use in our marriage series, just how like a healthy marriage is rooted in really understanding what love is about, and that trust is really something that you earn, and then, you know, healthy communication. And so that ties in with the boundaries thing, too that especially with the law of motivation, that each of you trust that the other person has the other person's best in mind, that to have a healthy conversation about boundaries or the lack thereof, or realizing like, oh man, I just, I haven't drawn boundaries. And I just kind of resented in my heart, my spouse, my in-law, my friend, whoever it is, my coworker. And what I need to do is start drawing the boundaries. You guys, you're learning that. Some of it might be too, I need to trust that as I draw boundaries, that you're, you're going to receive it and understand it. And so that needs to be the root of relationship. And so unfortunately for some relationships, if there isn't any trust or trust has been breached, then the boundaries piece is, is going to be even more complicated, which is again, why, like you said, start early in your marriage to learn these things. But if you've been married for a length of time or you've had years of, of just not a great relationship with your in-law or a friend, then there's probably not a lot of trust at the root of the relationship. You're going to need to address that too. That needs to be a part of the conversation for, to respect one another's no in a boundary. Okay. We're halfway there. We've covered five law. Number one, the law of sowing and reaping law. Number two, the law of responsibility, taking ownership law. Number three, the law of power, Number four, the law of respect. And number five, the law of motivation. Law number six is called the law of evaluation. And this states that you should regularly evaluate your boundaries and make sure they still work, that they're still serving you in your relationship. 
because boundaries need to be flexible. They need to be adaptable. You you might need to change those boundaries down the road. Maybe maybe your boundaries do change a little bit. Well, and I think that that's the key here is that drawing boundaries is an ongoing endeavor for your whole life, for a lifetime. So you should constantly be evaluating, okay, so maybe this boundary was in place uh, when our kids were young, let's say in the marriage and different things that we asked for. But now our kids are out of the house or in college or can drive themselves places. So now some of those boundaries can move. Um, we can be flexible, you know, maybe a life circumstance, let's say if it's a relationship with an in-law that, um, they lost their spouse. And so now there's like life circumstances that have come into play that maybe you've had a stronger boundary of not having that close relationship. Well, maybe that traumatic event changes that boundary, right? Like our boundaries, we should always be working on them. We should always be putting them in place and kind of learning and growing in every relationship, like how we need to adjust, but we should always be evaluating and ready to adapt and to change and not just to be, we're not drawing boundaries to be rigid and then we just do it once and then we never think about it again. Because the point of boundaries is for your good and for the good of the person you're in relationship with. So there should be flexibility. You know, it strikes me that this one, you know, at first when I read this word, I thought about like you as an individual go off to your quiet place and evaluate the boundaries and how they're working for you. And certainly there might be some of that, of course, just on your own, you're thinking about it. But really, Tracy, this one is is more of a group effort. This is one in a healthy relationship. This is one where you're willing to talk about it. You're both willing to talk about it together. In other words, it's almost like assuming that boundaries are a part of your your relational conversation. Is that true? Well, I mean, I think in a healthy relationship, for sure, that, you know, in my relationship with you, you know, we could say to one another, you know, this is just kind of a, let's say it's like a financial boundary. Like this is just a boundary that I feel like we need in our marriage at this time because we're saving for retirement or college or whatever it might be that, yeah, I mean, I think in a healthy relationship to be able to evaluate boundaries together and to learn and grow and change is awesome. I mean, that, that would be the ideal. Yeah, you know, a practical example of this just in our own marriage, Tracy, for for people listening, this might be helpful is, is let's say my golf, you know, when our when we were actively raising our kids, um, I didn't golf very often. And, and it was something that I did because I wanted to really respect that we're raising our kids, it just wasn't really time for that. I golf more now than ever before. And I appreciate that you you give me the freedom. I know some husbands whose wives make them feel guilty for going out and golfing. And I would just say to couples listening, you should just have conversations about that. Like be honest about it in your relationship with one another. Maybe even for the husband say, I, I feel guilty when I do this. Is it okay if I do this? Is it? Mm -hmm. Because again, the boundary you might've had when the kids were little, or even some young couples might be listening to this right now and you need to hit pause and have this conversation right now because maybe the wife is getting resentful because the husband golfs way too much, but the wife's not saying anything about it. Look, there are seasons of life. And what the most important thing here in a marriage, especially is that you're on the same page, you're communicating anything that could become a hurt. 
Well, and I think that's the key. Like well, the word you use there is you feel guilty. Okay. So for the husband that feels guilty, what is it about the dynamic in the relationship with your spouse that you feel guilt? Is it because, you know, your spouse becomes passive aggressive or gives you the silent treatment or will say, yeah, sure go. But then, you know, you pay the price. Those would be conversations of, of maybe some different ways boundaries need to be drawn. Like take the responsibility to say, I don't want to feel guilty for this. So how much of that is I need this right for my sanity, or this is my hobby that I enjoy a break. So how can I bring that to my spouse? How can we have a conversation where I could say like, I need some downtime golf would be what I would choose. And then the spouse can express their concerns and find where your boundaries can work. But the, but the goal of a healthy relationship isn't that you tiptoe around it and still do what you want, but then feel like guilt is a wasted emotion. Like go deal with it. That would be a sign of a boundary conversation that needs to happen. Yeah. That, and that leads to law number seven, which is the law of pro proactivity. And this is, this is the one that says you should be proactive about setting your, about setting your boundaries rather than waiting for others to set them for you, for you. So this kind of overlaps with taking ownership. The responsibility is that you have to own it. You have to be assertive. So let's keep following along with this golf example. I think for the spouse that wants to golf more, but feels guilty about it, talk about it, have a conversation. I know a lot of marriages, there's just, it just goes unspoken. And then that's just unhealthy. Or for the spouse that feels frustrated, because your spouse is golfing too much and maybe you're being passive aggressive about it. Again, have a conversation, Take, be proactive and say, could we sit down and talk about this? Could we both get on the same page on this so that we're, we're in a place where we're both comfortable with the boundary that we set together in this area? Yeah, and I mean, even another example from the two of us is, you know, you're a, a hard charging visionary guy. You've got lots of ideas and lots of energy to get things done. And so as your partner in many of these things, there have been times where I've just had to say, Hey, listen, <laughs> I can't go the pace that you want me to go. Cause I've got these other things that I'm working on or still when I was in the active parenting years, like I feel like I need the, the this margin for our kids and I've just had to be a little bit more proactive, even though, the, even though what you were asking me to do were good things and things that I even want to do, I had to be honest with you to say, I had to be proactive in saying, I, I need, this is what I can give and, and no more at this time. And again, the law of evaluation is now that our kids are largely out of the house and on their own, now I can evaluate that boundary and say, okay, now I have more time to give to that. But if I wasn't honest with you and wasn't proactive in drawing the boundary, then likely we were going to be getting in a lot more fights because internally I would be resenting you for asking me. You're not realizing that you're asking for too much because I'm not telling you and being honest about it. So do you see how that just becomes a very circular, <laughs> toxic problem? It's better just to be proactive and to say, this is my boundary for now. Maybe that will change. Law of evaluation. But for now, this is, this is what I can give and no more. Yeah. And I think it's important to, to point out that both people in a relationship need to be proactive. If only one per, you know, again, it strikes me from last week's topic about the controller, the controller doesn't have a problem being proactive. We're talking about the compliant person being proactive. And so some people would say, well, how can you have two proactive people 
in a relationship that doesn't you can't, doesn't work like that. It does work like that. You can have two proactive people. A relationship does not take one proactive person and one reactive person. The best relationships have two proactive people who can assert their, you know, they can share their mind freely. They can talk about their needs. They can talk about their boundaries. Um, they can speak for themselves. And so really we're, the best case scenario is both people are proactive. And then therefore in a relationship, you need to be willing to come to this place where you can compromise, you can hear each other out, and you can come up with a solution that both people are good with. Yeah. And I think don't mis don't misunderstand proactivity doesn't mean control. I mean, again, the law of motivation is two proactive people that love one another, want the best for one another. This isn't about I'm going to get my way over your way. It's just boundaries are important. I need to know where I end and you begin. How do we build this life together? How are we in a healthy relationship together? How can we both assert what we need and and find the balance and the compromise in that rather than just one person getting their way all the time and the other person just seemingly saying well I guess this is the way our relationship will go I just have to give all the time with no boundary okay law number eight is the law of envy and this one states that you shouldn't compare yourself to others or envy envy their boundaries because everyone's situation's unique what works for someone else might not work for you. So don't waste your energy on wishing that you had what someone else has. That's what envy is. But instead, be proactive, make the changes necessary to have, have the things that are appropriate for your relationship. So again, I mean, we've been talking about this, this golf example. I know some, some guys out there are envious of a, of a, of a wife who's more permissive. I think what's more important is don't compare yourself because really every marriage, every family situation, every relationship is different. Well, and again, back to the law of responsibility, you you can only do your part. So it's really wasted energy to be envious of, of maybe how someone else's marriage works or how the relationship with the in-laws works. Well, it's because they've worked hard at healthy boundaries. So instead of wasting your energy on, oh gosh, I wish it could be that way. What, what can you do? What responsibility do you have in that relationship to say, this relationship could be better. It could look more like that if I'm willing to do this, this, and this. Now, again, in any relationship, it requires then the other person to be healthy in the response to that, but you can't control that part. But that doesn't mean you don't try. Law number nine is the law of activity. And this states that you should be actively working to establish and maintain your boundaries because this kind of thing requires effort and attention to be effective. And Tracy, I remember when we first got married 25 years ago, that you were way better with boundaries than I was. So this was all this kind of stuff was all so new to me. And so I can relate to the listener who's listening to this saying, I am filled with anxiety right now because I'm not good at this. I'm not going to be good at this. And they're, they're maybe freaking out at this point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, I think self-awareness kind of taking the temperature of how you're internally feeling when you're in relationship with other people, what's bothersome to you, what kind of, you know, what makes you uncomfortable, start identifying those things and, and be active in saying, you know, I, I can be proactive. I can, I can make these, I have the power to say, I need better 
boundaries in my life and to just keep working at it. And you're not going to be perfect at it all the time. And there might be some relationships that your boundaries are great with because they're a healthier person, perhaps. And other people, it's going to be an ongoing struggle, but it's worth the struggle for you to at least, again, as a boundary would say, know where your property line ends and where someone else begins and that you don't let somebody else's toxicity or their issues become yours. One more law number 10 is the law of exposure. And this is the law that states you should be open and honest about your boundaries with others. You should be vulnerable. Again, this is coming right back to communicating. You need to be willing to communicate your needs. And really, I mean, vulnerability is a good word for a relationship. To have a healthy relationship, you need to be willing to be honest, to be vulnerable, share your share how you you're feeling share when somebody when you feel like somebody is is railroading you share when you feel like somebody is keeping you out of their life you know putting up too many walls and barriers and so exposure is important in any healthy relationship yeah and again you know in in our relationship like if we go back to the proactivity one you know i had to be honest about and i could feel like gosh does that make me a a weak person? Am I not as um, high capacity as I thought? Because I have to say, like, I, this is too much for me. I'm feeling stressed out by the burdens or whatever. That, but that's the law of exposure. Like at different times in our life, in different ways, different personality temperaments, we're different people. So, so we need to just be okay with that. We need to be okay with these are the limits for me. They may not be the limits for you, but as far as our relationship works together, I need to be honest about what I need. Because if you're not, again, as we kind of circle back to the beginning, if you're not, you might think that it's more loving to just give in to somebody else or for fear of offending or hurting someone's feelings or, or falling out of their good graces. We just deny our own boundaries for the sake of somebody else like that. That isn't, that isn't loving and healthy because in the end that's coming at your expense and there will come a point where you'll have no more to give and you will lash out or just totally cut that person out of your life. And the unfortunate thing is maybe if you'd been honest about your boundaries, maybe if you'd been honest about how you'd felt intruded upon, that person would have loved to have made some changes and it could have made the relationship better. So those are the 10 laws of boundaries from the book called Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud, Dr. John Townsend. Again, we'll put a link to that book down below. And I also just really encourage you, don't just listen to this episode. This is a great one to jump online, find the discussion questions to go along with this. Again, we'll put a link to that below as well. You can find that online in our boundaries series. And then join us next week because we're going to keep talking about boundaries and how to apply healthy boundaries in different areas of your life. Hey, listeners, Pastor Brian here. If you're enjoying our podcast, would you consider becoming a donor? Our goal is that these podcasts would reach the largest audience possible. So obviously it takes money to create good podcasts, but more than that, we wanna make sure to market this to the whole nation and even to the world. That's where your donation comes in. So would you consider becoming a monthly donor? And to do it, just visit pursuegod.org forward slash donate.